Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin. My name is Matt Brusky, and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action of Wisconsin. And welcome to another beautiful week in the great state of Wisconsin. And we have our full panel, which means Priscilla Bort, our Movement Politics Director here at Citizen Action, is with us. Priscilla, always great to have you. Thanks for having me. As always, happy, happy podcast day. It's a good, good podcast day. It is. I- I love this fall weather. This is a wonderful time of year here in Wisconsin. Leaves are changing. It's beautiful, beautiful time to get out and explore. Uh, speaking of that, I know our other panelist, Robert Craig, the executive director here, he gets out and hikes and bikes a ton. So um, I'm sure he's appreciative of this time of year. Robert, great to have you. Good to be here. Uh, no hiking uh, this weekend. Sojourn to see my mother, which is a, I get some exercise in, but harder <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Robert, for sharing that that uh, family antidote. With that, we have a lot to talk about. It's it's a busy week everywhere, and we realize, as we talked about very briefly last week, there are huge and significant international issues going on. Um, there are other shows that are doing amazing work on that. Um, we are going to try to whilst honoring that that is going on really focus on some major things that are going on in the state that are happening that are sort of fundamental kind of to like what kind of democracy we have here who's in charge who do our politicians actually represent right but also amazing opportunities uh right now for our engagement to make a serious difference in the kind of democracy and the kind of state we have we're going to get right to that and that means we're going to talk about the stadium There's a tremendous amount of news on that. We're going to update the attack on our election commission and the effort to impeach Megan Wolf. We're going to talk about yet another crazy, massive tax cut for the wealthy, this time under the guise of helping child care. It's an amazing stretch, but yep, that's what happened in the Senate. And we have a report on the state of criminal justice here in Wisconsin very looking forward to talking about that. We're also going to close by talking about very exciting campaign that is about to launch that we are going to be knee deep in for months here. And that is the badge care public option bill is about to launch. And we're going to talk a lot about that and a tremendous amount of activity and opportunity for you to get involved. Huh. Okay. With that folks, we got to jump in. We're going to talk about the stadium. There is so much to talk about. Um, as of this recording Thursday morning, it is past the assembly. Okay. The vote was 69 for 27 against. Um, and Robert, I'm going to go to you first just to get our folks up to speed. Right. Um, there were some minor, some minor changes in this latest version from when the last hearing was. Um those changes appear to have gotten support from a number of Democrats, but there's still bipartisan opposition in the 27. And I want you to tell us what's happening, because the next place where this is going to play out is the Senate. And that's where really most of the action is. Can you tell our listeners, give us give our listeners a little bit of an update as to sort of the state of play on this uh, over the last week? So as I said last week. Uh, it, th- there's bipartisan support and bipartisan opposition. Media only tends to say the support side. Um, and so 
as I said last week, these are great moments, in addition to its importance in its own right, to see behind the curtain, behind the Wizard of Oz curtain, and see that the same major corporate leaders and interests have a huge sway on on the leading parts of both parties, Robin Voss and Tony Evers together. And I know we like to talk about them somehow as Superman versus whatever supervillain you want to put up, depends on which episode you like. They both are working hand in glove on this, okay, folks, and with minor differences. And Evers has said he'll sign Aiden that goes on his desk, but he hopes it doesn't hurt Milwaukee too badly. I, that's not too much of a mis- that's not a mischaracterization. And so it's important, therefore, to understand power and understand that just having people with D's on their names or R's on their name doesn't guarantee anything this way. And that there is a right-wing populism out there that has its own. Now, what they would do is just give it all away in huge tax giveaways and not have government, but they're also against this. So the only two groups, according to Associated Press, so published everywhere, uh, registered against it or Citizen Action Wisconsin and the infamous Koch Brothers group, Americans for Prosperity. Uh, that does not make us all crazies. That means us makes us the only people to take on established power, us for building an actual just society. Obviously, Americans for Prosperity not to do so, to crash the whole climate and just cash in in the, in the meantime. So I think it's really important because there's massive pressure by these powers and by the governor on the Democrat side and, the and of course, all the power on the, on the Republican side to flip twist arms and flip votes. And that happened in the assembly. And I talked to state representatives who whose hearts are with us but still voted the wrong way. And there are always going to be folks who um, just decide strategically they shouldn't take a vote. But if we change power, we'll be absolutely with us. So I, I'm not trying to throw shade in anyone. I'm just describing how power well, works. Robert, so Robert, I'm to put pressure on state senators to, in the Democrat side, because that who listen to this podcast to hold strong against this because there aren't the votes in the Senate, Matt. Yeah, look, let's let's be clear about when you say there's only two groups, us and then someone, you know, more like libertarian corporatist type, here's the deal, right? And that's where the problem, the disconnect is, right? There's enough progressive organizations that have clear interest, right, in seeing the stadium being built, a number of labor unions in particular, right, that have that support this, right? So it puts pressure when you have the governor in particular, that's the major one who started right with his proposition of just giving away about 300 million. Right. So it's from the beginning, it has established a really difficult bargaining position, but to that end, right. The people matter matter. And there was a poll this week that came out 55% opposition statewide poll. Look, you know, I don't want to talk about who's behind it because ultimately it was done by the public policy polling group, which does legitimate polling. So we and we know that this is not a popular. Right. Uh, and that's why it's being pushed through quickly. So, folks, your vote matters and it matters in the Senate. It matters in the Senate because there are more Senate Republicans who also have concerns not only about this deal, they have issues with Voss. Right. So there's opportunities here aligned with progressive senators like Senator Larson, right, who's helping organize and work both across the aisle, but also, right, trying to continue to push that we can get a better deal. So, Priscilla, I want to get your thoughts, and then, Robert, back to you. The reality here is 
there is likely going to be a better deal that comes out of the Senate. There's there can be more taxes on on the brewers operations. There can be more clarity about how we're going to the city can get access to land to be developed. There can be less. One hundred and thirty five million is still being on the heads of a, a city. That absolutely should not have to bear that burden. Priscilla, your reaction to some of the stuff that's gone on in the last week? Yeah, um, I think my biggest reaction and takeaway that I want people to sit with is that this is far bigger than just, oh, I don't like baseball or I do like baseball. Like this is this is real money uh, that could be uh, better invested and more wisely invested for the entire community. And so it's far beyond whether you like or don't like baseball. It's how you feel about the state of Wisconsin and what we have opportunity wise. Like there is a big thing of talking about the winterization that like I had never thought about. Like, yeah, there could be a whole lot more things going on at the stadium outside of baseball if they you could actually warm the whole stadium and how cool would that be? Uh, and like we can invest in good things like that, but we can do it far better. So I'm 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 really hopeful and thankful that there is a chance for the Senate to to do something uh, and get a better deal. And it's so interesting that this is like the big nonpartisan bipartisan uh, thing that this is where people are coming together. Uh, so it can be done. And I'm just really hopeful that the Senate is going to do something. So if you have not contacted your senator yet, please contact them now. Yes. And let me let me play out further on what Priscilla brought up, because this is important. And it, at, talking to some of our organizers out in rural Wisconsin, in particular, our organizer in the Driftless Reason said she had a member or two ask why we were so involved in the stadium issue. And it was a great organizing opportunity, right, to talk about what Priscilla just, this isn't about baseball. This isn't just about the Bruce. This isn't just a Milwaukee thing, right? And I said, and we talked about how, well, what when when somebody asked that, look, if you live in lacrosse, both Jill Billings, Steve Doyle voted for this, right? They voted for your tax money to go to this billionaire, right? To subsidize a billionaire. And it will have impact on, you know, the amount of resources that could maybe go to school districts, right? These are real choices about where our resources go. And so that's why we're talking about this and why it matters. And it isn't just a Milwaukee thing. Yes, Milwaukee's going to pay $135 million. Folks, all state tax, you're all, we're all on the hook for the rest, right? So this isn't just a Milwaukee thing for our listeners who are wondering why is citizen action spending so much time on this? It's super important. It's a fundamental issue about priorities. Um, and I'll also say before we go to break and we'll talk more about this because we have news, we want to break about a letter we're sending um, to the state legislature in particular the state Senate today. Um, it's super important that our agency be heard and that folks contact because there is a very good chance there will be a better deal in the Senate because people are stepping up. So with that, folks, we got to take a break. We're going to continue to talk more. You are listening to the Battleground Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. And I want to encourage you to join us. And you can join us in two in a couple of clear fundamental ways. 
One is just come go donate. We'll have a link. Go donate. Or you can like officially join one of our co-ops. Either way, you're a member of Citizen Action. We need you. Get in the fight. Welcome back to the Battleground Wisconsin again. We're Citizen Action. Robert, um, tell our listeners, to, uh, by the time this comes out, it will have already been at least released, the first version of a letter that we're going to be sending to the state legislature, in particular the state senate, since they will be having a vote on either this or some other stadium package. Uh, they're also going to have a public hearing next week on Wednesday. We'll get more details on that. But Robert, tell our listeners more about the letter that Citizen Action has sent with other organizations in opposition to the current stadium plan. Yeah, so what it proposes actually, and that I want to make sure we're clear, we're not saying that you can't ever have a stadium deal. We're within a, you know, there's a long developed of work all over the country in Wisconsin on what is accountable economic development that has sufficient benefits to justify. It's not just a private giveaway and has standards, has criterion. And we we adopted that over the years. Matt, you were very involved or in, in our early period. And we we really sharpened it during the whole privatized WEDEC scandals under Scott Walker and the Foxconn debacle. And that's what we're applying. So this lays out what a what would be a deal that would justify this. And so the organ, because there are a lot of choices here. There are uh, sometimes that you, you can you should make a big and developed deal, but it has to have benefits. And it's not the economic benefits of this because there are none. 130 studies, no economic benefit discernible. Uh, these are independent academic studies, not paid for by Major League Baseball. No discernible economic benefit at all to the, the it, everything's replacement in other words the money would produce equal or more benefit um if you didn't spend it so the groups that are signed on so far and it's there it's open so others i expect to sign on matt but groups that i think most of this audience will respect greatly in addition to citizen action wisconsin uh Milwaukee Teacher Education Association MTEA which of course represents the one very large mostly black and brown, high poverty school district in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Block, who a lot of folks, uh, everyone knows very well their work in Milwaukee. Uh, Kids Forward, which is now a great policy shop, but is now uh, uh, not only uh, black led, but become an ant uh, specifically an intentionally anti-racist policy institute with great influence in state policy because of their expertise. Um, and Voces de la Frontera, and wisdom, wisdom, the big, the, the big and wonderful, uh, you know, uh, statewide uh, religious uh, social justice organization that's all over the state. So that, so it won't just be us. We're the, we're the only ones that the press is talking about now, but they'll know about more, and we think it'll be more still. And we just need everyone to help us keep Senate, Senate Democrats firm because they're with the Republican senator opposition. They need Democratic votes. If this happens, it'll be because Democrats change their position under the pressure from the corporate elite, from the governor. So, folks, listen to Priscilla. She was right on this call. Your state senator for sure. Right. Feel free to call your state rep. Also, let them know, because um, 
there's a good chance there's going to be a different version of this that comes out of the Senate that they will have to vote on. So there will be another crack at this. So please, but make sure your state senator hears from you, if possible, today. If you're listening to this Thursday, make sure you call Friday. If you hear this Friday, call their office because they're thinking about this now. And as Robert said, lobbyists are descending upon them right now. Um, the Brewers spent almost a, a million dollars lobbying last cycle. So the pressure is intense. And the only thing that purifies that is hearing from the public and making that 80% opposition poll to that plan real. Folks, we can get a better deal. Please make sure your folks, make sure your legislators hear from you. So I want to change topics, but it's sort of the same. It's again, this fundamental thing about who's in charge of our democracy, right? And we need to talk about Megan Wolf. There's a lot big news this week. It's really been over the last week or so that it's been playing out. And this is this effort by the Republicans and Robin Voss to try and impeach or suggest that we would impeach Megan Wolf, which unbelievable. Priscilla is how many impeach I, I like I think Maybe this is part of a broader strategy just to get the word impeachment to become meaningless in our minds, because I sometimes are confusing the multiple in-state impeachments with federal impeachment. But Priscilla, I want to hear your first thoughts on the latest news this week that despite public comments, Republicans seem to be conceding that there is no legal basis or grounds to impeach Megan Wolf. Yeah, um, you know, I think they're just like a little bored and they just need something to do. And so they're like, oh, we'll try this. Oh, it's not going to work. OK, cool. It you know, work. it's more sinister than that. Come I on. knew. I know. I yeah, like they just want to do what they can to just, you know, stay in the news to threaten as many people as they possibly can to get people to be too scared to get involved because oh if you if you get involved and you happen to you know get elected or serve on a commission like this like oh we're gonna impeach you if we don't like anything that you do and so people get too nervous to get involved uh and it's it's working unfortunately uh but we can we can stop this we can make sure that we are not gonna cave uh into their every little single whim and their uh you know they yeah they really love that word impeachment lately and it's feeling like it's absolutely just meaningless of a word now because they just keep throwing it out uh every other day at this point well part of it too and this is the challenge right is when and why we think this podcast is so important there's not a lot of content on state politics and what's happening at the state level. So like we're a rare bird that uh, often our show leads and we have some shows that never get off state politics all week. That's a rare bird, Robert. So sometimes people think that we're, you know, uh, over concerned about the threat of autocracy, but Understanding American, Wisconsin, all history of other states, impeachments are exceedingly rare. I mean, you can look at all the major impeachments across all the states and territories in history fairly quickly. It's not actually that long a list. I may have the number quite slightly wrong. I think there have been eight attempted, i.e. impeach, and we're not, many were not convicted in Wisconsin history since 1848. 
And now, and the reason is it's supposed to be a break glass moment. It's supposed to be something, I don't know, like a president tries to, uh, to, to, to foment an insurrection or to hold on to power after he lost an election. In other words, a serious breach of public trust. It is not supposed to be, uh, we think uh, we don't like what you said in the election and therefore we're going to impeach you to keep our maps. Right. Because we're afraid you will overturn you will be part of a new majority that overturns them or or Megan Wolf. We don't like you and we have conspiracy theories about you so we can impeach you. And this is important because you can't write a constitution that doesn't assume certain norms on the part of leaders. And you have a state assembly run by an artificial majority that's gerrymandered that has no norms. And we use impeachment or threaten to use it. And we're seeing this with the U.S. House of Representatives and Jim Jordan, right? For political purpose all the time, you don't have a functioning government, folks. And we've seen Voss try to use this in extortion, like maybe he'll see how she rules in this case, and then we'll consider it like you dare not rule against my position or I may impeach you. That is not the purpose of this. That's a huge abuse of power and a violation of the separation of powers. Priscilla, you're, you are 100% on to one of the suppression effects, right, about how do we make this so toxic that good folks like Megan Wolf, who is like, if if you haven't taken the time to do a little bit of your research on Megan, literally one of the by the most by the book civil servant types um and also we're blessed she's really good with the media which we don't often get in those two and in this critical position and that she's been punished for this dragged through the mud like i can only imagine the harassment calls that she gets and this is connected to a broader thing that's been going on for a while. We've heard a lot, and Priscilla, you deal with it, and our efforts to get folks to want to run for office. It's part of a broader suppression tactic that, um, let's be honest, it was a challenge to get some folks to want to run against Van Orden the first time and around that time. There were a lot of people who said flat out they did not want to put their families into that position. They knew they now know politics and especially Van Orden type politics that that was could be would be an ugly election could be. So this is all part of that broader kind of smear and suppression of just being involved. And we saw it with the elections that poor horrendous abuse that Georgia family that worked on the election took right from from the right wing in 2020. So it's well pointed out, folks. We will continue to to monitor this. I like to talk about this in their trying to Robert just said you change the norms of democracy. They work outside of those norms and push them. Uh, and that's they see what often are norms that try to bring compromise and they see those as areas of weakness and that they can exploit and so i see this as part of that and we'll continue to call that shit out folks you're listening to the battleground wisconsin or citizen action welcome back to the battleground wisconsin you can find citizen action all over social media particularly facebook twitter and instagram's main place but please check us out and get involved join us donate your action matters all right folks i don't know i i've lost track 
I think this is the fourth. It might be the fifth tax cut plan that has been floated by Republicans in the state legislature in the last year. The first one started, I believe, in the state budget. We've had two or three now post-state budget efforts to pass tax cuts in the guise of a solving some other problem. In this last effort by Senate leadership, I think it's LeMahieu's idea, is appalling. And we had to take time to call it out. It ain't going anywhere, folks. And of course, Evers would veto this garbage. It's a multi-billion dollar tax cut that the Wisconsin Examiner just put out an article today, I believe, Thursday. Disproportionately goes to the wealthy in the guise of solving the child care crisis. Unbelievable. We are in the midst of a serious gripping crisis on child care that impacts working families and these clowns refuse to address it and I give governor evers credit on this thing he's been a dog after a bone on this to try to help figure out solve this problems special sessions we've had everything including now taking federal money to just temporarily try to solve it kick it down the road for another year maybe priscilla this is this is super revealing. We just talked about the stadium, about who these folks represent. Yeah. Uh, ugh, where to even begin? The, just the fact that they're trying to do this and be like, oh, it's going to be like, it's a child care. Like, it's all about making child care more affordable. Uh, as if the only people who have to pay for child care, uh, as if Republicans don't have kids. As if they don't pay for child care, as if they're not also struggling to pay for child care and child care costs. Uh, as somebody who used to work in child care uh, years ago, I know the prices have only gone up uh, and it's just gross. They're saying those quiet parts out loud, basically, of like, yeah, we're letting you know who we really care about. Uh, we're not we're we're going to choose the fact that you have to have a family because we're going to try and take your right away for choosing if you want to have a family or not. And then we're also going to force you to go into debt because of this, because you're not wealthy, because you didn't pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get yourself wealthy. Uh, so this is just really it's gross. I don't have another word other than this is really, yeah. really gross and tiring. Uh, and like like you said, I do give Evers a bit of credit for for this because you know he is trying he is at least gonna veto i'm thankful that like we don't have to worry as much about this passing uh but like they're not gonna stop yeah uh, we have a big election coming up where they like they're, they're just not gonna stop so robert i'm gonna kick it to you again robert you love to talk about power right real power right our preferred way would have Evers would have used the state budget to actually demand this and, 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 and use the political power at that time. Clearly that's not his Avenue. Um, but the way he does go about it, he's been all over this. Um, and again, Robert, this is a wonderful issue because it lays bare fundamental problem for the Republicans. They ideologically can't get around what it would take to actually provide real 
access to healthcare, what it would take to really set up a system that properly funded healthcare. Or excuse me, childcare. What am I saying? Childcare. You have. To, I, I'm going to put this in the context of the last 50 years. Uh, there was a conspiracy by the corporate elite to take more of the gains and the economic benefits of living in a rich country, and they succeeded. Income inequality has skyrocketed. They've hoarded all of the benefits of economic growth. Um, and they've been starving government, which uh, and that actually provides supports for people who need a leg up, and that further skyrockets inequality and racial inequality, where in the 60s it was thought that was the next big thing after civil rights. Uh, it, if anything, it's gotten worse, folks. It's terrible. And you look at Milwaukee, you can't believe that the racial inequality levels would be allowed to stand, but they're normalized. So what with this modern Republican Party, and this has been going on since Reagan, everything is a tax cut. And how big the previous tax cuts, we need more tax cuts because people are overburdened and we're going to lie to you. And we're going to we're going to we're going to have no respect for the electorate by claiming it's helping the middle class when it's mostly helping the people behind them. And here's the thing about any group: uh, the iron law of oligarchy. One little understood nuance of it is is that generally, when people have power, organizations they become more and more selfish and self interested. The increasing power of this plutocracy has made it even more selfish and grasping. And you see that with the Brewers deal as well. They don't need it. They the, the, the value of the team is such, and it's increasing by every year. They don't need it. They just can get it. And therefore they want it. And so think about it in childcare, because it, it, it's not about reason. It's about winning power, right? But I'll give you the reasoning because it matters to this audience. And that is, we now have a society where childcare is a necessity, just like paid family medical leave is, right? You cannot work, you cannot raise children and support your family without childcare, single or multi-parent families, given incomes and given the cost of living, let alone get ahead, put aside money for your kids to go to college, et cetera. And we have all sorts of people sitting out in the workforce because they don't have childcare and the business leaders complaining and whining about that all the time, but then wanting things like, let's allow child labor as the solution. Not lying that's they're working on that here in Wisconsin and other and succeeded in other states. And so here we get a child care tax credit and a tax credit that's not refundable, folks, means it, ben it benefits people who have enough tax liability. Don't cap it. It'll benefit those who have the most tax liability, which are the people who need at least because they're doing the best, okay, who could afford child care out of pocket. And so that's what this does. And so what it ends up doing is at the same time that this party vilifies low-income people for not having great jobs and health benefits and needing any government support, right? At the same time they do that, and there's a racial cast to this, because when they talk about Milwaukee, that's a code. Oh, you know, it's these black and brown people who won't do what's necessary to get ahead. But now you're going to undercut the ability to get ahead and, quite frankly, the well-being of their children, because adequate child care, a lot of kids end up in inadequate child care or substandard or child care is critical to the development of the child and their future success. And it's part of why child poverty is so devastating. It damages the child forever on average. So this is horrendous. If they were serious about their policies, they'd have a big 
government program that fully paid for it, say all the way up to 80 to 70, 80,000 a year, and then do their tax credit for everyone else. But they're not, they don't give a darn about anyone other than the people they actually work for. With that, Priscilla, I'm coming to you to get the conversation started on a really important report that came out this week from our good friends over at Block and um, really fundamental problem that we're facing around mass incarceration. And, and the report really speaks to the idea, and I love this, that democracy as a living practice cannot function as long as the crisis that we're experiencing of policing and mass incarceration continues. Priscilla, what, tell us what's behind that. What, what, are the, what are the details in the report or the highlights of those details, um, the key findings? Yeah, um, I, I was able to go to the launch of this report on uh, just a couple of days ago on, on Tuesday. Um, and shout out to to all of our friends over at Block and the the countless, I'd say, months that were put into this report um, of of these heartbreaking stories of of how uh, mass incarceration has just so deeply hurt people and their and their families uh listening to ambassadors and reading what the ambassadors are writing about the stories that they're hearing about people uh not being able to call their families uh for you know a year and a half phone calls have been cut off there was at the during the height of of covid uh people not being able to visit their family members being thrown into solitary for 23 hours a day for doing nothing wrong pre-trial even uh and then the the on top of all of it the the voting aspects that come into this of people not realizing that they're able to vote again because the system doesn't want them to know that they've had their voting rights restored after they've served their entire time uh, or they get close enough to getting to vote and then something goes wrong with their probation officer uh, who then acts as somebody kept using the words who acts as judge and jury um, and and they get to you know essentially start all over again because they were viewed as doing something wrong and they don't have a trial and it's like oh you did something wrong now you get to start all over again so we have so much collective work to do if you have not read this report please please take some time read it support blocks work uh support all of the work that we are all trying to do to fix this very broken system yeah absolutely please again we'll put a link to the report please go t take a look at it uh, Robert, we'll come back for your thoughts after this break. We are, you, excuse me, are listening to The Battleground Wisconsin. We're Citizen Action. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Battleground Wisconsin. We're talking about a really important report that was released this week by Block here in Milwaukee. Robert, want to get your reaction. Kudos to Block for doing this. We're going to talk about our agenda setting on healthcare later. What agenda setting does is it gets things on the table that the establishment of, of both parties don't put on the table. If you wonder why 
so few of the things debated in the state assembly and state senate actually are the things that affect people's lives and they care about and influence their life prospects. It's because they don't they don't they don't want to take on the hard questions, right? And so the agenda setting forces something back. We've we've had in the last since uh, the publication of um, um, Michelle Alexander's The New Jim Crow, a real realization that we've created a monstrosity, the largest amount of incarceration in the whole in the world in, in history and in the present. And that doesn't make us safer. And it's highly racist. I mean, black folks are 11 times more likely to be incarcerated in Wisconsin than 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 white folks uh, among the worst in the country, by some measures, the worst in the country, depending on which study you're looking at. But one of the worst, no matter what. And and uh, what more in excess of those deep red Bible Belt states that we usually think are the places with the chain gangs and the, and the, and the mass incarceration. And so this is bringing it back on the table. Now, Matt, you were right to praise the governor on childcare, and there are a lot of things the governor's done that's praiseworthy. This is the one where there's been a certainly a sin, at least, of omission. That is to say, he did pledge to wisdom that he would cut mass incarceration half during his 2018 campaign in his first term, and he has not pursued that at all. So this is not a he did a bad thing. This is we really need him to focus because we assume he made that commitment because he, at, you know, at some level understands it's a crisis. And what it does is, and this is what Michelle Alexander books and other major books are great at, it takes away, it makes you a second class citizen. It creates a class system where once you've been incarcerated, you don't have the full opportunity, the life prospects anyone else has. And you already face a lot of barriers because if you were marginalized, if you didn't have access uh, to a stable family, um, uh, you know, the high, and and everything else you need to succeed, then you're more likely to be incarcerated, and then you're you're ground back into the ground by by the system, not only holding you there, but afterwards. Folks, we need to tackle tough topics. This is one of them, and it is absolutely critical that we all remain super engaged in learning about what really makes us safe and working then towards public policy that actually does what we need to do. And that's going to be an incredibly huge lift over the next decade, but it is absolutely essential. We cannot create a functioning multiracial democracy if we do not address this issue. With that, thank you to the folks at Block and everybody else who's working tirelessly on this issue. Um, we need to, before we go, preview and give you guys wet y'all whistle for a big, massive campaign that we're about to launch here at Citizen Action with um, our allies in the state legislature, uh, namely number one, Representative Christina Shelton, who is the lead sponsor of a new piece of legislation we called the Badger Care Public Option. It's going to be released in the next couple of weeks, and we're going to have a massive campaign. Priscilla coming to you for this because we are going to start with huge amount of phone calls and I want, and I'm, I'm going to ask you to just give some of the details on that. But before I do, um, I'm going to just quickly, and then Robert can add details on the back end of you talking about why folks need to get active. And we're putting that first because you need to make phone calls and talk to people. want to remind folks, Badger or public option in 10 seconds. 
we want to expand the amount of folks that are able to get access to the Badger Care public Badger Care system, right? Provides universal, comprehensive, affordable care, and more folks should have access to it through a public option. This would, for example, just in a nutshell, if you are a family of four, make about 60,000 or less, you would have access to really good, comprehensive health care. Be huge, be important. Robert will give some more details on the back end, but we need to make a push for this now. We need to get as many state legislators signed on in support of this. And we need to make this a huge issue going into the 2024 elections. Priscilla, our first step to do that next week is uh, getting on the phones and starting to call voters. Tell us more about that. Yes, join us. We are starting phone banking this Monday from 5 to 7 p.m. collectively on Zoom. Join everybody. Join volunteers. Join staff. It's going to be a great time. Uh, We're going to be calling folks to get them to get their legislators to uh, sign on to be co-sponsors to the Badger Care Public Option Bill uh, and just talk about Badger Care and what health care would mean for Wisconsin, what it would mean to have accessible, affordable, quality health care for everybody not dependent on what your job is or what your identities are or what zip code you are in in the state. Uh, so this is this is really big. It's exciting. This is a really good kickoff, too. If you are uh, planning on volunteering with us in 2024, uh, you might as well start now with us in 2024. Three. Let's use this <laughs> and kick off so you can, you know, get your wet your whistle of, uh, you know, phone banking. So then, you know, 2024, you don't have to relearn it all. Learn it all now. Uh, if you want to do doors, also let us know. We, I love cutting turf for people. <laughs> I love sending people off and seeing like, oh, this person had really great conversations on the doors and the phones. That's amazing. Do it all with us. We want you to volunteer with us. We'll have all of the links. You'll get a nice training every week if you are new or you just need to learn about the Badger Care Public Option. We won't just throw you in. We'll be like, all right, best of luck. Uh, we will be with you <laughs> the luck. entire step of the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey. Folks, there's been a lot of planning that's gone into these calls. You will be, and why I want to underscore Priscilla's push, you'll be talking to really important voters that are going to matter in the 2024 elections, people we need to get off the bench, get get, get voting, get engaged. Also, people that we want to get off their couches. We're going to have our organizers be following up with good leads that you talk to. I will promise you. We The people, if you have a good conversation with us, it won't be the last. We have a plan to keep these folks engaged, get them involved in this fight and grow this progressive movement. Robert, this is um, this is a big deal. I gave a really shoddy, but hopefully uh, <laughs> basic understanding of what this is. And I think uh, you are an expert on this, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell our listeners just in a nutshell, what this thing is uh, and why it's so important and why we need to get them engaged. So, yeah, don't be so hard on yourself, Matt. That was that was that was quite decent. Um, so and, and and what you said was all accurate. Let me uh, frame this up. That is, we have a healthcare cost crisis. People complain about three, four percent inflation. This is 10, 12 percent a year every year for a very long time. 
it's a massive public issue. In other words, it's a sleeping giant in elections. And why, why wouldn't, therefore, candidates on our side make healthcare costs of everyone? Badgecare expansion is critical, but it doesn't deal with healthcare costs for most people. Okay, you need to do both, uh, though this would cover that part too. And so it's not only something a setup for the elections, whose side are you on, Democrats who will co-sponsor this when Republicans universally won't have an electoral issue, and is laying out a solution because the more support you have it before, if the Democrats are able to recapture control in the next cycle or two, because we get Democratic maps, then they're much more likely to do it if there is this setup and they have taken action, co-sponsored bills already. So this is agenda setting. This is a key function of democracy, just like Block is trying to force mass incarceration back onto the table. We, we've done this successfully in the past. In 2018, we made it an issue when it wasn't. Uh, and that is to force healthcare onto the agenda. And this is something that could help win the state legislature. So it's political malpractice. Why doesn't it happen? Because we have a commodified healthcare system that is too expensive, that benefits the big elements of the healthcare industrial complex. And the hospital association lobby, the insurance lobby, the pharma lobby, they have a louder voice than people do. And even Democrats hold off from making sweeping proposals like this. And we're, but they, if we push them, they will because of the, they committed to it. Even their campaigns, Democrats always run on lowering healthcare costs. And then because they will be hearing from constituents. Uh, and so what this does is this makes it possible for anyone buying insurance of their own to, to buy into Badger Care, any small business which is emancipatory and small employer, emancipatory for them because it's one of the major barriers to small business development. Small business fail all the time because only a third can afford insurance and their owners get chronic disease and are bankrupted. And there goes that nice new shop you like down the street from yours. And so they, they have very healthcare costs, high healthcare costs, any small employer. And then it, it greatly expands public healthcare using all of the resources of the Affordable Care Act it expands it all the way up so that a family of three making $50,000 would be on, would, would have a, a Badger Care like program, public health coverage that doesn't have claims denials. The price is not set by big corporations. Family of four up to 60,000 would have it. That would be emancipatory. Virtually every working class people in any poor area you name in the state, including Milwaukee, would have public health coverage they could use. Remember, the problem is the price, because it's the price stupid. The price of coverage is far too expensive. Then you can't use the coverage because of the surprise medical bills and the serial claim denial by the healthcare industry. So most people are insured or afraid to use their own coverage they're paying through the nose for. And so that doesn't happen with Badger Care or traditional Medicare. Warning, it does with Medicare Advantage because it's privatized. And that's a big crisis. So uh, this is a huge opportunity. This is a step towards universal health care, and it's universal for everyone who is who is moderate income well into the lower parts of the middle class. So, folks, Robert laid out both why this is important and both for how it covers people in real terms, but also politically. This is very doable. And if we can actually make a big push, it does set this up, not only become an election issue, but something that actually significant could pass if we were to radically change the legislature. And there's a lot of things in play that make all of that possible. 
we need to start to create and set up the environment for that. And to that end, you need to get on those calls Priscilla talked about. They're very important. We're going to be talking to very important voters that we need to start talking to now. Now is the time. Permanent program. Please sign up for those. We'll have a link. We're also going to have a healthcare action planning meeting. Uh, it's a virtual statewide event Wednesday, October 25th, that our healthcare team will be leading. You will get all kinds of info on the release of this and how you can get involved in what you can do in your area. Please join that. We'll have a link for how you can get involved in that on Wednesday, the 25th. And then also we are going to be having a media release event in Green Bay at the Greater Green Bay Labor Council Tuesday, October 31st. Yes, folks, that's Halloween. That is Halloween. Noon, Greater Green Bay Labor Council. Show up a little bit early. Try to be there a little bit early. Come there at quarter to noon. Please, we'd love to we'd love to see you there. Help help us release this, launch this with the amazing state representative, Christina Shelton, who is the lead sponsor. And by the way, folks, it is worth noting this legislation, when it was first conceived, the original sponsor was now the Green Bay mayor. And Christina Shelton has picked up the banner, continued to improve the legislation. And it is important that it's from a place like Green Bay. That is not some liberal bastion. And it's very popular. This is an issue that should be popular across the state. Folks, get involved. With that, we got to wrap up this great battleground Wisconsin. Folks, again, take action. There's a lot of things we ask you to do. Go into the links and go make sure you get involved and donate and join Citizen Action. Folks, we'll see you next week here at the Battleground Wisconsin.